podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They have won the Rachel Hayhoe Trophy. Straight into the hands of the man on the mid-wicket boundary. Another one down. Welcome to Storylines, the women's cricket podcast. It is day three of our daily Washes Test reviews. It has been an absolute cracker of a day. We can't wait to break this down for you. Of course, you can get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram at Storylines Pod. Send us your questions about this Ashes Test and any queries you might have, any weird things you may have seen in the stands. I've got plenty. We'll go into that a little bit later, but we love you to get in contact and share your thoughts on the day's play. Now, we're having some good changes of personnel in this test match because unforeseen circumstances meant that Nikki Chowdhury, the lovely Nikki, can't be with us again. I don't know if she's just skiving at this point, Matt, but our producer Matt is here. Me, Me, myself and Mr Story is here and we have two cracking guests. We have Georgie Heath from Women's Cricket Chat podcast. And we've got Polly Starkey from the Naughty Child podcast. Guys, welcome. Hello from a very, um, I don't want to start by saying a very sweaty Trent Bridge, but quite a sweaty Trent Bridge. That's, that's how I'm going to go for the opener. It's, it's, it's warm, but um, maybe that's just the excitement of the day of cricket we've seen. It's, it's been a good one. Yeah, it's been really good. As you say, it is very warm, but we would rather it be warm than pouring down with rain. Yeah, and th- there is scheduled to be a little bit of rain tomorrow, so... You know, that that's a concern for both sides, whether these thunderstorms which are meant to happen are, are going to materialise. We'll, we'll see tomorrow. We'll have to go into the unknown. But for now today, as you say, it's been a hot one. We know from this pitch at the moment, there's not much going on it, really. For, for the bowlers in particular, it's a bit low, it's a bit slow. It's probably everything you don't want of a, a women's test wicket when they only come round once a year. But the teams are making do. And of course, the thing we have to talk about... First of all, after this day three, is Tammy Beaumont. I mean, it's been pretty special, actually. It was one of those, when she was still on, when she was on 199, and it seemed to be going on for a while, I was like, oh gosh, what if this doesn't happen? And there were, there were some touchy moments with a little bit of running at times, but honestly, it was, it was just something quite special. Obviously, no England women's player have ever done that in a test match before. Um, it was good old Betty Snowball who held the record for England women's test players beforehand and now it's it's Tammy Beaumont and we've we've got a real star and I can see her actually down in the distance heading off there's a big crowd of fans in and she has put in the graph she's batted for over eight and a half hours and she's off to go and sign some autographs now you may have heard in the background of this recording, the hover cover is going onto the pitch at the moment. And you mentioned, you know, it was a brilliant innings. It was, it was flawless. But the thing which caused the most excitement in the TMS box was the it was an 88-year record which has been broken as Tammy Beaumont overtook the legend that is Betty Snowball. We are all part of the Betty Snowball fan society here. Polly, tell us a bit more about Betty Snowball and this legendary record which has been broken firstly what an incredible name um i think if you play sport it's always great if you have a good surname um betty snowball is definitely up there but she set the record in 1935 i believe it was 189 in new zealand in christchurch and of course tammy beaumont went and broke that today which is quite incredible that it stood for so long 
Um, of course, Tammy Beaumont then went on to get a double century, um, which just creates even more history. So a really, really good day to be an England fan and a bit of a cricket badger with a bit of cricket history, which is very exciting. And I must say, I was on air when Tammy Beaumont reached her 200 and I was shaking from head to toe. I think I was more nervous than Tammy was out there in the middle because it's one of those moments where you look back and go, I called on the first England women's 200 in, in international cricket. It really was a, a pretty awesome moment. But, you know, looking at the, the state of things at the end of day three, so Australia 82 for none. They've got a lead of 92. Beth Mooney ending the day on 33 not out and Phoebe Litchfield finishing on Georgie. 41. Well, Phoebe Litchfield is a youngster that I think we're going to have to watch out for for a very long time to come. Um, We saw her in the first innings and she unfortunately for the Australians, didn't review and actually wouldn't have been out. But she looked really comfortable when she was batting. I was lucky enough to see her at fair break earlier on this year. And she's just, I don't think she gets nervous. And I'm not sure if this makes me sound middle-aged, but I'm going to call it the exuberance of youth. And it has to be said in that sort of Miranda's mum kind of voice. Yes. (laughs) The exuberance of youth. Sue Barker for Prime Minister, that kind of chanting. So Phoebe Litchfield has got that and she looks really comfortable and she's very happy. She's just picked up her baggy green this game and you wouldn't know that she was on debut by the way she's playing. And baggy green with a ponytail hole in it. Big up the ponytail hole. This is a massive moment for women's sport because I personally want to, you know, evolve things onto the batting helmet with a ponytail hole because I I really don't rock the low ponytail look. I look like essentially, I don't know, a Georgian servant whose one job in life is to hold the doors open for the royals. It's not that look which suits me. So as soon as batting helmets have a spot for the high pony, then I get Braveheart quite a bit with the red hair, you know, sort of sticking out of the thing. So that's why I taught myself to French plat. Because it had to get out the way, yeah. Now, of course, we say it's, it's been a good day for batting, but we've got to talk about the bowling in this game because a, a question to throw to you guys is, have the bowlers, and um, specifically the seam bowlers on both sides, been a little bit rubbish at times, or is this just a hard pitch to bowl on? I personally think a bit of both. I think it's not a great pitch, but at the same time, some of the bowling has been quite poor. Um, we have had conversations about actually this could be because batters just get to bat all the time and actually bowlers having to constantly bowl so many overs, it's only for most of them, they've never done it before or they do it once a year. So it's actually really difficult to find that rhythm and consistency and deliver across a number of overs more than the 10 they were bowling in ODI so I think it has been quite difficult for the seam bowlers in particular but at the same time I don't think that's necessarily an excuse for some of the bowling we've seen I don't think it's been the quality particularly that you would expect from England and Australia the kind of top play uh, top teams in the world the pick of the bowlers for England in the first innings was Sophie Eccleston she picked up her first test match Pfeiffer. I honestly am surprised we can't hear sort of a squeak of her shoulder as it goes over again and again. She's put in, she put in a hefty shift she has. So I think the seam bowlers, we need to start trying, they need to, obviously we don't play enough test matches really, so it's difficult for them to gauge this, but they're going to have to start figuring out how to use those better. I don't know, it's very different because we talk about likes of Lauren Filer and John Lewis even said before that he wanted her for really short, sharp point of difference and then who is going to make up those overs? You can't just keep turning to 
Sophie Eccleston, if you'll excuse the, the turn of phrase, where I think I'm hilarious. Um, and it's who we're going to use in that. You know, some of them are struggling. We know Lauren, we talked about earlier, didn't we, Lauren Bell? She's just not quite finding perhaps that swing that she might have wanted. And it, yeah, it's a different one. And just a little side note, my phone has just buzzed in front of us. Attendance at Trent Bridge today was 6,951. And if you put that into context, last year, 7,000 tickets were sold across all four days at Taunton. So that's pretty damn cool. That is cool, and those people in the crowd will eventually get to see Sophie Eccleston's arm fall off tomorrow because there's there's two deliveries which stuck out to me in particular. One where Alana King was bowling, floated the ball up beautifully, it pitched, span into the hands of first slip. Now, this is an England team who said that even if they'd won the toss, they still would have bowled first because they didn't think this pitch was going to deteriorate. I'm not so sure about that. The second one was albeit not a very good slower ball from Talia McGrath, but she bowled an off-cutter. It stuck in the surface unbelievably, slowed down. We've got these glaring signs that this pitch is breaking up. There's been inconsistent bounce all day, particularly when Australia took the new ball. The spinners are getting to turn the ball. And finally, just towards the end of play today, we saw Heather Knight finally put herself on to have a bowl. I mean, I was... Very confused that, of course, Sophie Eccleston first choice of the spinners. And then they went to Sophia Dunkley, who I'm not sure has actually turned her arm over much this summer in the domestic competitions at all. Particularly when you've got Heather Knight, who has been bowling in the Women's Premier League. And then you've got Emma Lamb, who bowls in the domestic games for the Thunder. You know, I would have thought that Dunkley's probably the fourth option spinner. And then if things are turning into a crisis, you get Danny White to turn her arm over and pray. Danny White took some wickets in the in the, in Pakistan this year, but yeah, maybe not someone we necessarily want to have to turn to. But I was impressed by her batting today on Test debut, thirteen years after she made her England debut. She looked really disappointed when she was out for forty four. Was it difficult one England there? There was a bit of talk before the game about have they even picked enough spinners? You know, the likes of Charlie Dean is just off playing in the A's at the moment. We know that Sarah Glenn is always hanging around. I am a big up bang the drum for Sarah Glenn. Always. I love a leggy. Yeah, but John Lewis, he, you know, he said that that's what they're going for. And they've gone for that out and out difference with Filer, who was great in the first innings. Not quite found it again yet this afternoon. Yeah, and I think I, I've said this on our previous daily podcast as well, that, you know, if England were aware that Nat Brunt had an issue with her knee before the game, then of course it's brilliant that Danny Wyatt has made her debut. But... Other players in contention for that spot was Alice Davison-Richards, Danny Gibson, who would have offered another bowling option. England essentially used four bowlers in that first innings. They can't make that same mistake again. Otherwise, they're going to be chasing an, an outrageous total. But, you know, to round things up on this discussion, at the end of day three, who are you saying is in the stronger position? And then a second part to that, what's the most runs you think you know England will be able to chase potentially on day five? I think... Australia are in the driving seat and I think maybe this is because they have that ability to accelerate and score runs really quickly and we know the bowlers are struggling so we've got these two they're already in Phoebe Litchfield on debut going along nicely already Beth Mooney I mean we've all seen what she could do and we do know how long Australia bats so they can go out and they can be aggressive and they can take risks if they lose wickets they lose wickets someone else will come in someone else will come in it's like bloody taxis on a rank they just keep coming they can all bat Alana King we've seen her 
bish bash bosh it around. So I think Australia are in the driving seat. I'm going to say they're going to want to try and push on, I mean, lead of, what, they've got lead of 92 at the moment, lead of 200, I don't know when they're going to get to it, but they're going to go out and I think they're going to try and score really hard and fast tomorrow morning, especially if there's rain around. Yeah, I think similar. I think Australia are definitely in control of this. I think actually their bowling options have been much better than England. Um, of course, with Ash Gardner, I think she's been excellent with the spin. And I mean, they didn't even use Jess Jonathan in, in the first session. And actually, they, they really could have used her. Um, so I do think Australia have the upper hand. I think in terms of in terms of runs, I think England will really want to restrict them to possibly under 200 if they can, definitely 250. I mean, we have got the extra day, which is which is nice, but also with the rain due, that's just another thing which will be in the back of most people's minds, I think, um, because everyone wants a result out of this. Um, and given that we've got those five days, I think it's a great opportunity. It would feel almost... Maybe this is a bit harsh, like a wasted opportunity if there wasn't a result out of the five days. Well, this is something I was going to ask as well. Actually, a question we've been sent in from from one of our listeners. As I mentioned earlier, you can get in touch at Storylines Pod on Instagram or Twitter. They were asking, you know, essentially a lot of the power is in the hands of Alyssa Healy. Do you think she's going to set this game up for a result? And, you know... Is she that kind of captain? You know, we've seen before Meg Lanning has sometimes been criticised of people saying that her her tactics were a bit too defensive. Obviously, that's considering those were four-day tests. Now that we've got five, there's really no other option, surely, than to go for a result. Yeah, well, this is the thing. It is interesting because, obviously, Meg Lanning is kind of known for being a lot more defensive. And ahead of the Ashes series, um, Alyssa Healy was interviewed and she was like, I'm a very different captain. And kept saying that. Wouldn't say what it was about like she wasn't saying how her style is different but kept emphasizing that and I think in this situation perhaps we will see her make kind of a bold declaration um and I would love to see that I think that would be really exciting and she will want her to push for a result so I think perhaps tomorrow that is something we could see and I know in a test um a couple of years ago she was really keen to declare but of course Meg Lalling was like no no we're not going to do that so I think I'm quite excited to see how that plays out and if this kind of big thing she's talking about I'm a very different captain if that will be you know found in the form of the declaration I've just got the giggles because all I have is um when you're saying I'm a different captain is it's like I'm not like other girls I'm not like other captains that's <laughs> all I can think is of is Alyssa Healy a pick me girl oh, maybe, <laughs> this is yeah. oh no <laughs> I mean, not a pick-me-girl, pick-me-captain. Maybe she is. Maybe that's different. Maybe that's good. Now, to round things off, each day I've been here, I've tried to immerse myself in the crowd, guys. Because, you know, you, you see strange things. Today I saw loads of balloon animals being made and an arts and crafts centre. I love it. There's so much here for the kids. Instead, for me, things weren't so fun. I sat down in the crowd. I sat down with Rihanna, who does the, the media content for the cricketer. Wonder, wonderful person. And as soon as I sat down, the people behind me decided to kick an entire pint of lager over my foot. Now, we mentioned at the start, George, you said it's sweaty. It's really sweaty. Nothing is worse than being sweaty and then your sock being full of beer and I have been able to smell it in the commentary box for the rest of the day and I've had to assure my boss that I've not been sneaking out to go have a quick pint in the crowd and come back yes I smell of beer but I I promise I'm not drinking on the job it has been a shocker and yesterday when I was sat in the crowd I almost had an entire ice cream deposited on me and then proceeded to put my rucksack in the ice cream which did fall on the ground in the end so 
are you guys having similar problems with food and drink being poured on you in the crowd, or is this just me? Well, I actually frequented the arts and crafts because I'm a 28-year-old going on 8-year-old, and it was great. I mean, I don't think they were, I was really meant for me, but it was fun, did a bit of colouring, played with a spinning plate for a while, and then I got a bit embarrassed because Sir Andrew Strauss walked past as I was sat at the kids' table. But it's okay, because I've been working hard for the rest of the day. I needed, I needed some downtime. I didn't get a balloon animal, which is quite sad, and I don't smell of beer. So, you know, positives and negatives. It sounds like it's been a good day for you guys, at least. Hopefully tomorrow I don't get other food and drink poured on me. But we'll have to see. It's a really exciting day for setup. Your two predictions before we close things off. Polly, how's day four going to go? I think day four, we're going to see the Aussies back for a bit. I'd... I have a feeling, and this is me being, as usual, pessimistic, I don't think England are going to take many wickets. And I think Australia are going to declare and and try and just absolutely thrash England. Lovely British spirit of everything's going to be great. Thank you for that, Polly. Georgie, please give us something to hope for. I mean, I think they're going to try and go Ozball as opposed to Bazball. They're going to lose some wickets, yes, but probably from risk-taking. Australia, they're going to end up declaring maybe just a bit after lunch tomorrow, perhaps. Come out after lunch, really have a bash. They're going to go hard and go big. They know how to play their white ball game, Australia. They're going to bring the white ball game into the red ball game tomorrow. They're going to try and exhaust Sophie Eccleston, basically. That's what they're going to do. Um, and England are going to have to really try and turn it on. But they've got to be buoyed by the fact that they they only they came within 10 runs, so they can... They're up there, England, and I think it's going to be a good crowd in again tomorrow, which is just as exciting as the cricket. I've really loved seeing how many youngsters are involved. I said it earlier to a bunch of people saying how it's nice. It's not just young girls inspired by girls playing cricket. It's boys, it's girls, it's mums, it's dads. There's people in all directions. We've seen some of the regional players. They're all here too, getting behind it. And I just, I just love a bit of test cricket, me. Horrifying accent to finish things off. Thank you so much for listening to Storylines. We'll continue to bring you daily podcasts for all of the women's ashes tests for now i just want to dedicate this podcast to the legend that is betty snowball thank you so much for listening thank you georgie thank you polly for coming on and thanks for listening bye sports social podcast network